0: Star Wars 7x7, episode 529. Today, yeah, we're in lockdown still, and probably you are too. So, we got a couple of fun stories to talk about that we never got a chance to cover during the last couple of months. One about Chewie's hair care routine, one about the age difference between Luke and Leia, and one about the economic collapse of the Galactic Republic. Punch it, Chewie. Feel a disturbance in the Force? It's Star Wars 7 by 7 your daily seven minute podcast with your host, Alan Voivod. Destiny Unleashed. Hey Rebel Rouser, welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and yeah, these are stories that were, you know, came across my radar basically, and ones that I just never got around to covering but I thought were pretty fun. A couple of them are a relatively new. One of them is something that had actually been published last year and resurfaced during the run-up to The Force Awakens. But I'm going to start with the one that I started with at the top of the show, which is Chewie's hair care routine. Now, I know it seemed a little odd to some people. Even my wife said it seemed a little odd that CoverGirl was somehow involved with the licensing for The Force Awakens and for Star Wars with uh, cosmetics and whatnot. But uh, this one seemed a little bit more sensible, (laughs) and it was in the same venue. This is from Allure magazine, and the headline on this was fantastic. Chewbacca's hair routine in The Force Awakens is actually pretty glam. <laughs> it's by Jenna Rosenstein, the beauty writer for Allure. This is the, the top of the article. I've had the pleasure of interviewing, she says, many top hairstylists in my years at Allure. I've learned all about their favorite products, tools, and how they get their clients' hair red carpet ready, but I can honestly say that I have never, ever had as much fun discussing hair as I did when I talked to Maria Cork, the supervisor of the hair department in Creature Effects on the new Star Wars film, The Force Awakens. Her job? To be Chewbacca's go-to hairstylist, as well as care for all the other hairy creatures on set. So she interviewed Maria about Chewie's hair routine, and yeah, you know, when you think about it, like, one of the things that I I seem to recall in the -the behind-the-scenes video is that the Chewbacca suit was wearing out very quickly because so many people just wanted to hug Chewbacca, and it's not exactly as sturdy as you think it might be. In fact, once upon a time, way once upon a time, I had interviewed Bob Mackey, the uh, the famous designer and uh, now QVC <laughs> crazy guy, and he talked about how you could really be uh, much more gentle um, and much more, I guess, diaphanous is, might have been the word that he used, of course, because he was dressing people like you know Cher and other uh, glamorous uh, movie star starlets. Um, He was dressing them in things that uh, definitely didn't have to have the same kind of wear and tear um, problems that, say, like doing a Broadway show would, where you need it sturdy and stable because it's going out there night after night after night after night after night. Anyway, (laughs) probably more than you wanted to hear about that. But So here's what we know about how they take care of the Chewy suit. That he uses a curling wand, or they say he prefers a curling wand, but I guess that's Maria that really does. But um, <laughs> that they use instant oil moisturizer on tangles and heat protectant. That he uses two kinds of hairspray on his head, they use fudge cement spray to keep the hair neat, and on his body, a little bit of Schwarzkopf Silhouette Super Hold hairspray. So if you're in the Rebel Legion and you have a <laughs> Chewbacca costume, then you might want to be paying attention to this. And I'll link to the blog, uh, I'll link this article at the blog post for the show's episode at sw7x7.com. Also, it says they don't um, shampoo it. Uh, They, to clean the suits between uh, deep washes, they use a combination of tea tree oil and vodka. (laughs) <laughs> so it could very well be that Peter Mayhew might be a little tipsy inside that uh, that costume. Also, there's a very funny little gif that's at the end of this article that has Chewbacca being blown dry by a stylist, and he's waving his head around in slow motion the way models do when they're getting their hair done for glamour commercials and whatnot. So that was a fun one, and I really enjoyed that. Um, The other one has to do with the Journal of Physics Special Topics, and this is a publication in the UK. This one was published in November of 2014, but it resurfaced this year, and it just had to do with how the effects of traveling at near the speed of light, i.e. through hyperspace, would affect people's ages. And they looked specifically at Luke and Leia, and they looked specifically at one particular pair of journeys, Uh, Leia's journey from the Anoat system to Bespin, and Luke's journey from Dagobah to the Bespin system, to, uh, to Bespin itself, and Cloud City. And what they discovered, well, honestly, like, this gets a little bit over my head, but this is what the uh, the result situation of it is. It says, Leia's journey from, you know, Anoat to Bespin yields a time dilation of 62.6 days, which at a much faster speed means she is younger than Luke for the duration of that journey. However... Luke's journey is much longer uh, from Dagobah to Cloud City, so over this period of time he ages slower than Leia, as she is stationary once she arrives at Cloud City. The time dilation Luke experiences while traveling is 700.8 days, or 1.92 years, so therefore... Just based on that journey alone, Luke is 638.2 days younger than Leia. Just based on that one thing alone. I love when they try to bring real-world science into the Star Wars universe. It just This is why you know that Star Wars isn't science fiction, because it just doesn't hold up to that stuff. And when you think about it, then Leia really must be old compared to Luke, because Luke has been stationary on Tatooine for the first nineteen twenty years of his life, whereas Leia was more than likely jet-setting all over the galaxy. So, yeah, they are startlingly uh, different in ages in what would be the real world, but clearly we are not living in the real world. We're living in the Star Wars world and quite happy about it. And this last one was wild, too. A guy named Zachary Feinstein, assistant professor of electrical and systems engineering in the School of Engineering and Applied Science at Washington University in St. Louis, determined (laughs) that the galaxy would have gone into an economic collapse after the destruction of the second Death Star. He has a case study called It's a Trap! the Emperor, (laughs) Emperor Palpatine's poison pill. And he assesses the condition of the galactic economy following the empire's collapse. And this is from the article. And it says the bottom line is that the Rebel Alliance would have had to bail out the imperial banking sector to prevent a devastating economic collapse. And Feinstein himself says the project was really about modeling the size of the galactic economy and banking sector. And then once he had that, He says, I simply applied my research on measuring financial systemic risk to determine the required bailout. Wow. So basically, he figured out roughly uh, or made a guess based on the most recent completion of an aircraft carrier that... The comparative in U.S. dollars was $193 quintillion to build Death Star 1 and $419 quintillion for the second Death Star, which is crazy, but then he says the actual galactic economy, like, he estimates that at $4.6 So, I mean, sextillion isn't really much bigger than a quintillion, I think, but maybe, maybe, I mean, geez, we can't keep track of the numbers of our own U.S. deficit and and even understand or comprehend. How huge that is. So maybe I'm just nuts. He goes on to say that the, to prevent a total financial collapse, it would require a bailout of at least 15% and likely greater than 20% of the entire economy's resources, and it says the outlook appears very grim for the common imperial citizen. I think it is unlikely the Rebel Alliance could have found the political will and financial resources to provide the necessary banking bailout until it was too late. And then Feinstein concludes with saying that it may be the forces awakening 30 years after the events of episode 6 because of the economic forces at play. <laughs> That would be something else. Like, this article was released in December of this year, so wouldn't it be something if that was what was going on with uh, Larry (laughs) and JJ if they are walking along Santa Monica and talking about the economic collapse of the galaxy? Or maybe that's what Michael Arndt was doing. He said that he needed 18 months to do the script. So, (laughs) anyway, we will link to that one as well and also the other two pieces at the blog post for this show's episode at sw7x7.com. And in the meantime, I would love to hear from you. What sorts of things are you checking out to keep yourself occupied as you count the hours before The Force Awakens? Leave them in the comments. Hey, Rebel Rouser. If you've got a business that you need to get in front of a bunch of Star Wars fans, then I've got an idea for you. I'm looking for a sponsor to get the entire Star Wars 7x7 team over to London for Star Wars Celebration Europe next July. And we get a ton of exposure when we do Star Wars Celebration podcasts. Not just the regular episodes, but the bonus stuff, and all the in-person stuff, too, not to mention all the live streaming video we do. So if that's something of interest to you, then reach out via the contact form at SW7x7.com, and let's talk! All right, well, here's something you can be doing while you're waiting for The Force Awakens. It's your trivia question of the day. I can do this. I can do this. I don't know that they need to psych themselves up for this one. (laughs) It's the biggest softball ever. What is the weapon of a Jedi Knight is the one we asked you yesterday. And that is, of course, a lightsaber. Today's question, how many biker scouts did Luke and Leia initially chase after on Endor? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you challenge the Jedi Council, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'd be spectacularly grateful if you put a little something in the tip jar at Patreon.com SW7x7. It's not a test, it's Destiny Unleashed.